and we are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect because I am vain and I wanted to keep talking about stuff that I wanted to keep talking about, even if it wasn't fun for people, because it was fun for me, damn it. Part of this is to follow through with the old adage, sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble all over the place. You can find me pretty much everywhere under that name, S-H-U-J-I-N. Hi. Uh, before we get started, let me just go ahead and say I, on behalf of all of us over here from the crap crew, hope that you're all weathering the storm well enough. We are going to keep doing our thing to help keep you mentally safe. So thank you for being with us. Let me go ahead and introduce you to uh, everybody that's here tonight. Uh, top left-hand corner of the uh, bingo card, just, quote-unquote, outside of Carvel, apparently, <laughs> uh, about three hours north of you, where it's currently minus one Celsius up over there, as reference, Yellowknife is currently at minus three, which means, yes, spring has officially sprung from uh, Calgary. Dallin, good evening. At time. If there's one thing I know about Calgary, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. It'll get worse. <laughs> True enough. Down into the right, just a little bit into the Midwest of the U.S. Bridget, good evening. Good evening. A little bit more to the right into Ohio. Joey, good evening. Morning. Well, Morning. Yeah. Whichever. Morning. I don't. I don't remember what time zone you're in. I don't care. From uh, just outside of the beltways of, oh my God, there's still people employed over there. Unredo Tech, good morning. Good morning. Did you watch the video of our uh, Commander-in-Chief falling asleep at the meeting? Uh, well, you know, that's... That's, that's, that's me at 6 a.m. without a latte. That's, that's a different thing. <laughs> From over the pond into Paris, France, Joseph, good morning. You have to unmute yourself to say hi. Yeah, sorry about that. Good morning. <laughs> he was getting a latte. Yes. Hey, come on. It's like five o'clock in the morning. That's true. That's true. That's true. And for those of you that are wondering, uh, what's this got to do with the title? Yes. For those of you that are uh, following with us right now, yes, we do have a guest on tonight. And there's a couple of reasons why. From down the New York City, Long Island area, somebody that I have known for actually quite a long time we were not exactly friends back in the day but we were friendly which is uh, at the time good enough for me i'd like to welcome retired detective nypd thomas verney to join us on the show tonight thank you so much for being with us man uh, it's a pleasure to be here good morning everybody see you say that now now, full disclosure, <laughs> and and before anybody goes ahead and gives me any kind of crap about it, yes, I know, full disclosure, I've said on a couple of times, because my little one was in the play for the Adams family and was Fester, so I don't care what anybody's got to say, he had the most important part, because the narrator in a play is God. Nobody goes against the narrator. It usually ends poorly. Into the woods, go look it up sometime. Tom and I uh, grew up at the same time. We went through school together. We went through high school together and graduated at the same time together. So full disclosure, you know, um, we've known each other. Like I said, we were not friends. We didn't operate in the same circles, but we were friendly. 
And considering some of the stuff that I had to go through, trust me, that was a hell of a lot better than uh, a lot of other things that ended up happening for me today. So, um, like I said, Tom has been in uh, law enforcement. You were, wait a minute, you were in law enforcement for how long was it total? Uh, it was uh, almost 22 years total. And uh, I can I can tell you as somebody that, you know, has had law enforcement and family, that's that's long enough in a lot of respects, depending as to where you are. That's long enough. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was long enough for me. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, my original plan was to um, was to do 25 years. And in 2013, uh, there was a mayoral race taking place in New York City, and I was backing a guy by the name of uh, Bill Thompson, who was the New York City comptroller under uh, Mike Bloomberg. And uh, he, uh, at one point, was doing very well, and then uh, then de Blasio kind of came into the race and then took off. Uh, and then he it came down to a very close race in the primaries where uh, – they were going to potentially vie for a, um, a runoff. And then uh, Bill Thompson, who's African-American, uh, was being tapped on the shoulder and being told, listen, you know, uh, you know, Bill de Blasio is getting more uh, pull from, from the black community than you are and you're black. So uh, we're going to kind of go with him. Thus, you know, I no longer had a horse in the race. Uh, and I knew of Bill de Blasio uh hashtag hot mess and i <laughs> i didn't want to stick around for that uh i could see the handwriting on the wall uh and i was i was kind of already done you know i i've been shot at close range twice two head-on collisions and a 110 story building chased me down the block on 9-11 i was pretty much done uh i'd done my bit for king country and uh i felt like before i used the rest of my nine lives maybe it might be time to go on and do something else like cosmetology perhaps um you know because what damage could i could i do to myself hey we, uh, we survived the years of the mullet it's a better look trust me yeah oh. the mullet came back uh, don't get me started on mullet. I, I, <laughs> anyway thanks for your service by the way thank you thank you i have a mullet in my nose as a matter of fact <laughs> I have one on my face. <laughs> really, really, really sorry, sorry, Jack. I'm sorry. The, the nose wins on that one. Um, uh, just, just to clarify, did you say that a building chased you on 9-11? Well, the North Tower, yeah. That's, oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to clarify that. I mean, um, not, not it was chasing not a lot of it was chasing a lot of people. I felt as if it was chasing me at yeah, the time, no, but it was chasing and, a number of people. Yeah. Again, not trying to make fun of the situation. It's just I don't think I've ever heard it described quite quite that way. And it's uh, well, to yeah. Me. I I don't even want to think what kind of terror someone would be feeling when something like like all of it. it it's 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 Michael Bay in real life. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. pretty oh. surreal. Not something I'd recommend, but no. uh, to experience if you don't have to. But it's talking about incentive to pick up running, though. Holy crap! Just, just remember, run perpendicular to the path it's falling. Yeah, that's kind of. We yeah. learn this by watching Prometheus. Yeah, that's 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 a little bit that's a little bit late for that one. But in any case, 
thank you for being able to be uh, with us. So for those of you, of course, that are watching live, please feel free, as always, to utilize the live chat, which I've actually got on this side of the screen for a change. So on the video, you guys can actually see it correctly. Thank you. Yeah, and and uh, since uh, since Tom doesn't know about this, your video feed for me is backwards, so you can't exactly read the uh, the uh, the blue hat. This is the hat that I've been wearing for quite a while now because, well, let's face it, this is my own little personal dig at everybody because this is the uh, the hat from the ride for Roswell for uh, the research hospital up here in Buffalo. <coughs> so thank you guys. Uh, so over in the live chat at the moment. Stephanie, good morning. Felis, good evening. And Tech and Dallin are in there too and screwing me over. Thank you. Appreciate that. But <laughs> of course, if you are with us live, you can of course live chat with us and not have all kinds of stuff. And we will uh we'll talk about all kinds of stuff. So let me get uh, let me get my part of the show getting rolling over here. So with five minutes on the clock for you. Oh, wait, uh, real quick. Well, I heard you were. T- I heard your five-minute freestyle was about ham, so I uh, brought to the show some uh, bacon. Lucky that you were able to find any. With all of the <laughs> I, emergency buying that people have been doing, the only thing I've been able to find, as far as bacon was concerned, was pre-cooked. Bits. <laughs> I'm not really happy about that. But I just wanted to let you know that I read the show notes. I, I prepared accordingly. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So trying this again with five minutes on the clock. Your five minute freestyle starts right now. Hams in this particular case is not food in this case. Well, they're not supposed to be hams in this particular case is a a slang expression for the amateur radio folks. And I am happy to say I am one of those people. I am unfortunately saddened to say that I fall under the category of, Ed, this is going to make some people smile, uh, not radioactive. I know. It's been a long time since I've been part of the amateur radio community in an active sense. I Things have not played out for me where I would have liked to have been able to do that. Such is. Yeah. But... I'm very proud to say that I do still have my amateur radio license. I do still have some equipment over here, not the least of which is, and I've showed this on several occasions, I just didn't think to haul it out. What is going on over here? I am, oh, there we go. Had a little bit of buffering issue going on. That's wonderful. That I still have my handy talkie. It's, um, by current standards, it's old, kind of clunky, antiquated. It, uh, does pretty much the same kind of stuff as, uh, radio that would be used by emergency services would do. Technically, if I really wanted to, I could set this up so I could talk to the guys at the International Space Station. Yes, with something as small as this. It'd be a little difficult, but it's still doable. In any case, the ham radio community is kind of exceptional. We have helped with emergency communications in a lot of respects, in a lot of areas. I helped out before I moved up here. I helped out at SUNY Stony Brook 
on Long Island, where they had Icon, which was a sci-fi convention. And I helped out with communications because it was, well, inexpensive is probably the right word for it. All we had to do was just come out there with our uh, with our radios and help out by you know ferrying information back and forth, which was a hell of a lot cheaper than trying to do it with um, you know radios that you'd have to rent. That's how I got the chance to uh, talk to Nichelle Nichols briefly, which was great. When nine eleven happened. And the Trade Center Towers came down. One of the most used ham radio repeater stations came down with it. The radios that I showed you are line of sight. They're VHF, UHF. Which means if you can look at, you can talk to. And as you can probably imagine, from up on top of the World Trade Center towers, you had a view of the vast majority of the New York City area. You could talk from, you could talk to somebody with your uh, with your little handheld radio from somewhere in Queens to somebody all the way to the opposite side of New York City into uh, into Jersey in the Oranges, and trust me, that's that's quite a distance. But that came down. And in the midst of an absolutely immense, terrifying moment, we didn't have one of our most used, most needed points of contact. So the ham radio community did what they always do. They improvised. And within a couple of hours, we had communications up and running again. It wasn't as good, but we did what needed to be done very quickly in order to make sure that emergency communications got through. That's the same thing that's going to keep happening now. We will all just do what little part we can in order to make sure that communications lines stay open. Our mental health stays healthy. And that if somebody needs, we do. Just because you're sitting on your butt watching Netflix doesn't mean you're not helping out. Don't think you're not doing. You'll find out later. You were. This is episode 303 on the docket, Your Honor, from CNN to CT, uh, HCTV. Um, and the reason, uh, the reason why I, uh, I decided on this is because, like I said, I've known Tom for uh, a long time. I was lucky enough to get to see that he's been on CNN a lot of times. And the more I listened, the more I realized this is somebody that grew up same as me, same towns as me, same ages as me, and yet he tends to be a hell of a lot better spoken than a lot of the other people that I've known, that we've known, 
from back the old days on Long Island and growing up. And that that is kind of the reason why I wanted him. Because he's somebody that I can say he knows how to think through and talk through. And we're going to kind of talk through a lot of that stuff. I did go looking up information about Reef Badawi tonight. Uh, there is a new tweet that went out on his uh, on his account that at this time says, and this is from his wife, my children and I are staying at home because of the coronavirus, which is pretty much what we should be expecting. We fear for the health of Rafe Badawi in the crowded prison he is stuck in. We call on Saudi Arabia to guarantee Rafe's safety and release him from prison. This is the time to let him out. As an aside, this is something that a lot of folks are really concerned about. The close quarters in prisons all over the planet are something that we have to really, really look at and see what can be done about this. However, not the piece that we're going to end up talking about. With no other information on him at the moment as of the recording of tonight's show. This has now been seven years Nine months, five days since Rafe was unjustly incarcerated for thought crime. Our hopes and our thoughts are still with you and your family. We are still waiting. So, let's just kind of give you a, a little bit of a, a little bit of an idea as to uh, the the pedigree that Tom has for you. Like I said, f- with full disclosure of it all, Tom and I grew up on Long Island. We grew up in the township of Babylon, which basically put us, as the expression goes for the marketing department, the heart of it all, (laughs) when they referred to Long Island. Although, nobody likes to talk about the fact that Long Island isn't just Suffolk and Nassau counties, it includes Queens and Kings County. Yes, Brooklyn is Kings County. Shut up. You don't like it? Take it up with the guys that wrote the whole thing. Geographically speaking, it is quite a long island hence the name yes i slipped that in because i could shut up so like i said uh tom uh we we graduated in uh the technically the late 80s uh you went and uh you did uh the police thing for uh, 22 years and most recently you've been you've been helping out with uh your perspective as a police officer. Uh, go ahead and uh, explain to, to the folks uh, some of the areas that you've commented on, the shows that you've talked with, the folks that you've talked through. All right. Um, oh, well, again, thank you for uh, for having me uh, on with you guys. I appreciate it. And uh, and so what happened was I, I after we graduated high school, I started college. I started first at a uh, local community college, Nassau Community College, and went on to uh, went from there to uh, one of the SUNY schools, SUNY uh, Farmingdale, which is a school uh, basically in the next town over from where Mike and I uh, grew up. Which, as an aside, by the way, was part of the district that my father used to patrol when he was SCPD. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I... Um, while interestingly enough, I started off uh, going to school for advertising art and design, uh, and and subsequently, my the two things I was really interested in were uh, architecture and, and automobile design. So, in school, in high school, in particular, like half my day was was 
fill with art classes. Uh, it was something I think I just had a natural draw to, no pun intended. Uh, and I and I had somewhat of a, a decent talent, I guess, for it or developed a talent for it. And uh, so thus, that's where I started the direction I was going in. However, as far back as I can remember, Mike, maybe you remember this as kids, uh, in the elementary school that I went to, which was called Tooker Avenue, they had given us a um, little uh, kind of a binder, and it was, it, I think it went from kindergarten to 12th. But it was one of the things where you could put your class picture in it, you could put your little uh, picture in it, and then it would have a few questions. And one of the questions that was in there was, but when I grow up, I want to be dot, 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 right? And virtually every year that I filled that out, up until I became a teenager, I guess, uh, I had police officer written down. So I had a, a number of family members that were uh, police officers. All of them were in New York City, with the exception of one uncle who was a, a state trooper. Hmm. And uh, so what I finally uh, – quickly found out was that um, when it came to the art that I was interested in, in regards to automobile design and architecture, uh, you need a lot of math for that. And as someone who failed algebra in ninth grade. <laughs> yeah, that hurts. <laughs> yeah. Took it in summer school and did pretty well. Uh, but then pretty much topped out of geometry. I didn't need anything further than that. I, I was not, you know, mathematically inclined to, uh, to be, building anything uh other than you know a sandcastle so um yeah so i i so i had changed my major probably three or four times wound up in in uh criminal justice and then uh and then the police academy called i took the test for new york city they called it took me a two-year ordeal um there were, at that time in 1990 there were thirty-five thousand people that took the exam and uh, what was happening in the late 80s, early 90s was that the federal government was shoveling money to New York City to hire to almost double the um, class size of, of recruits that were coming into the NYPD. So I got shunted into a, uh, a class of, I think, I think it was 20 recruits in 1992. I'm sorry. Uh, and, we, had a, uh, we had a little bit of a dropout. How many were in that class? I think there were about 2,300 people that were in that, in that class. Now, you have to remember, uh, the NYPD as it sits today in, in 2020 uh, is somewhere around 35,000 uniformed officers. Uh, at one point, just prior to 9-11, it was actually 41,000 uniformed officers. It's the, it's the largest police department in the country, if not but possibly even the world. Um, so it's 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 a really big department. Uh, I I never took the test for Suffolk and Nassau County. Uh, in hindsight, I I, I kind of wish I would have, but I felt like I wanted to be in the city. All the action was in the city, and and that's where you're going to see everything. And and to be honest, uh, there is some truth to that because there were a number of things that I had experienced in New York City that I never would have experienced uh, being in Nassau or Suffolk County. Uh, and I'm and I'm happy about that. Uh, I don't regret being part of it. Um, I I feel that I I left the department in better shape than what I found it. I feel like I left the city in better shape than what I found it. Uh, when I entered the the academy in 1992, uh, there were about 2,000 people a year being killed in New York City. 
uh, crack was whack. I, I, I guess it's still whack. Uh, but there were the yeah, murder rate was out of yeah the murder rate was out of control crime was out of control uh, it was at historic highs and um, you know and it took a number of years for us collectively uh, to to combat that um, I think changing a lot of the ways that things are being done for a while and. Um, yeah, and, and as you probably are aware, and if you could, you could look at it up pretty easily, you know the numbers had have, you know, gone steadily down for the last twenty five uh, years or so. Um, so by the time I left, and at the very end of twenty thirteen, going into twenty fourteen, uh, you know, it was it was a much safer place to be than it was when I first walked in there. Um, even today, even though crime is, is uh, it's been spiking up a bit in the last year or so, uh, it's still a much – it's completely uh, a different place than it was 25, 30 years ago. You couldn't go into some areas 25, 30 years ago um, without being hostled for, for drugs, uh, being threatened with your, with your life, uh, raped and, and robbed and what have you. So today you can pretty much walk into almost any area of, of New York City and not have to worry about that. So um, when I left, uh, I, I started doing my own consulting gig. Um, I had made a number of contacts while I was in the police department, especially in, uh, within the last five or 10 years, uh, a lot of media contacts. So what happened was in 2014, there were two big uh, high-profile cases that, that happened in policing, period. Uh, one was Ferguson and uh, with Michael Brown. And the other one was uh, Eric Garner. So what was happening was during those incidents and, and shortly thereafter, there were a number of people coming on to uh, local and, and nationwide and even international uh, news shows that were espousing all kinds of doctrines of how the police – just police in general are a bunch of racist stormtroopers and, and they're out there to violate your rights and, and shame on them and so forth. There were very few people um, with any knowledge of law enforcement and, uh, and, and or training and or street experience and what have you that were coming on to kind of advocate and, and give a different perspective, to, you know, on, on long story short was a, uh, a friend of mine works for the local Fox station in New York. Uh, it's Fox five. So she had, we were talking one day and about this whole thing with Eric Garner and whatnot. She said, um, and I was explaining to her from a training standpoint, like how that may have all gone down. Uh, cause I was in the street for many years. Uh, I, I did some undercover work. I taught, uh, in the police Academy, I uh, investigated bias crimes, I uh, worked in, in citywide community affairs and, and crime prevention. So I had a lot of different irons and a lot of different fires over the 22 years. So not that I knew everything. I wasn't like the best cop ever. I'd make, you know, 10,000 arrests. I, I, you know, I was, I, I felt I was a good cop. I did a great job. Uh, didn't get in trouble, you know, had, had zero complaints with That's... thousands and thousands of interactions with people and criminals. Um, so she said, you know, uh, she said, and I explained to her, from my perspective, what I felt about Ferguson and Eric Garner. And she said, you know, you should go on to talk about that. I said, okay, well, if you get me on, then I'll go talk about it. 
And next day I know she got me on with this uh, broadcaster by the name of Ernie Anastas, who's been in New York for about 112 years. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> and super nice guy. He's a, he's a super nice guy. Um, sat down with him. And then the next thing I knew, CNN called and said, hey, we saw you on Fox 5. Would you want to come on with Don Lemon and talk about all this stuff? I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> And then before you knew it, I, I was kind of making the rounds around CNN uh, and pr- pretty much have been on just about every everyone's show. But mainly the main show I, I was on, aside from the morning shows, uh, was Don Lemon's show at night. And um, I've been on Fox News when Megyn Kelly was on Fox News. Uh, I've been on Fox Business News with Neil Cavuto. I've been on BBC, uh, BBC America uh, uh, as a uh, ABC, I think at one point, uh, NBC Nightly News. So I, I, at one point, I was kind of hitting the whole circuit. And what happened was, once we got into 2016, uh, you probably remember the news cycle in 2014, 2015 into 2016 was there was a lot of you just were inundated with these high-profile police incidents. So they would call me if there was a, a questionable shooting, uh, if there was a, a mass shooting. Insecure, uh, Las Vegas shooting, uh, Parkland down in Florida, and so forth. I've been called for all those. And then in 2016, when the election started to ramp up, it was Hillary and Bernie, Trump and that whole cast of characters. And then before you knew it, it was, just, it was Trump and Hillary, Trump and Hillary. And, and then it's been Trump, Trump, Trump ever since. So the news cycle has completely shifted uh, to where it's almost entirely – uh, you know, Trump based and uh, a lot of the news that you see, especially in the cable news networks uh, are a lot of uh, opinion based shows versus uh, news reporting type shows like your Walter Cronkite, you know, no, no longer really exists or they're, or they're much harder to find. So you find these opinion based news shows, right? So the idea behind that is that they bring in it uh, when the Malaysian airliner crashed. You know, for, if you remember that, there was all these experts about the airlines and and how this could have happened and and so forth. So they do that. They bring in these people with a certain wheelhouse of of expertise that they can that can opine on these various things, right? So uh, so when it comes to political stuff, while I might on my personal you know, social media pages, whether it be Facebook or Twitter at Tom Verney, uh, LinkedIn or whatever it may be. I, I, I'll, I'll opine on, on the crazy, crazy things that are happening for the last number of years now, but yet I'm not a political analyst, right? I, I, yeah, I never ran for office. I, I never held an office. Um, so it's not my wheelhouse of expertise, but yet I have an opinion about it because I've been painting. Well, I have a right to say things <laughs> about our collective future, uh, particularly the one I've sunk a lot of money into. So, uh, but when it comes to law enforcement stuff, yeah, that that is something I can get into the middle of uh, of of having, a, I think, a fairly coherent conversation. Uh, again, if it's someone's looking for an expertise on terrorism, you know, I, I've experienced terrorism firsthand twice between the bombing in 1993 and then 9-11. Uh, but I wouldn't call myself a terrorism expert. 
you know, if someone is talking uh, heavily deep into gangs, I've dealt with gang members. I've locked a few up. I'm not a gang expert. Uh, so I, I generally will defer if it's a specific area of expertise. There are people that I know in the business and I, I will defer off to them instead of attempting to come on and, and bullshit you know, millions of people who may be watching. Uh, and also the other thing that I, I was bringing to the table too is that I wasn't looking to come on and fight with people. Um, what And in, in a lot of these news shows, what you've probably seen is that you'll they'll bring on, let's say in the case of a police-related incident, uh, they would bring on uh, a former federal prosecutor or community activist or what have you. And then they bring on someone like me. And what they want is for those two entities to kind of go at it. They want right? the friction. Yeah, because, you know, the, the more the, it gets heated, you know, the, the more people are tweeting about it. And then, it, it, you know, the ratings go up. People want to tune in. Oh, I want to see that battle between that bald-headed, you know, white guy and this community activist uh, who is, you know, letting them have it. Jerry uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly. In, yeah. in a sense, but at the end of the day, what are you walking away from in that conversation? So if you're right. tuning in to hear about You've probably heard, already heard about the actual incident itself. But the whole point of bringing these two people together, in my opinion, uh, is to bring out different perspectives aspect as to what kicks in you know, when, when an- uh, For the folks that are uh, watching and or listening, uh, yes, we did unfortunately have uh, a blip on my side. I do not mm-hmm. know why. Ever since uh, you know, we started having these little dropouts, I do have the uh, information on the screen for myself to see if anything's going wrong. Nothing is going wrong on my side. All of a sudden, I just simply had, hey, you've got no anything going out to YouTube right now. Uh, this, so if 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 we had a couple of moments to drop out there, I'm sorry. It's That's okay. Not much we can really do about that. It is, is what it is. So we'll keep going and work from here. I think uh, – okay. I think that net as a whole is being taxed a little bit more these days, given current circumstances. I think that's, that's the problem we're dealing with. That is entirely possible. Uh, we'll kind of deal with that. Um, and really quickly, uh, the, one of the pieces that, uh, Tom referred to was, uh, the, um, 1993, uh, there was a bombing in the basement of the world trade center, the twin towers at the time, uh, fortunately, nothing came down, obviously, but you can well imagine it scared the living bejesus out of a lot of folks at that point because, well, nothing like that had ever happened before, at least not quite like that. Yeah, I remember seeing that on the news, and there was a – I mean, it, it was significant, make no mistake, um, but I was actually amazed at how much the news actually downplayed a lot of it. Uh, that that was under um, that was when Clinton was president, right? Ninety two. I, I think so. Was it Clinton or was it Bush? Uh, uh, if it was ninety two, no, that it was, was Clinton. It was Clinton. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, it was it was early nineteen ninety three, actually. Okay. Ninety three. Yeah, I just uh, okay. I, well, and I mean, everybody was all up in arms over other things Clinton had done, but I I do remember the the World Trade Center bombing and that yeah. there there was a lot of action taken. And, you know, if... <laughs> I don't know if that was a precursor of what was to come. Oh, but, absolutely. Uh, it, it, it was. 
it yeah. was uh, years later we kind of found out how a lot of pieces kind of interwove but mm-hmm. it, it, as with all things it was kind of difficult to yeah. talk about um one of the things that tom mentioned and it kind of wraps into uh, stuff that we've talked about before is how there is not somebody like um <clears throat> the 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 news orators of old walter cronkite in the united states and uh, dare i say internationally was viewed as somebody who was the voice of what was or yeah. what is i should say because at the time i mean he, he his delivery dry as it might seem by current standards and just only just slightly of the uh, the old newsy reels of now this is what's been going on today and you know he 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 grew up from that but he delivered the news dare i say i can't say dispassionately because that's not the right word for it he gave it the gravitas that it deserved at the time without opining on so many different pieces and you're right tom i mean that's that's something that i don't think is is really happening in u.s news reporting i think that is something that we would tend to end up seeing out of like bbc instead these days Uh yeah well uh here locally in new york uh there's a, a radio station called 1010 Winds. It's an AM station. Which, by the uh, way, by the way, if you are in a car at night in certain areas of the country, you can turn on 1010 Winds and you might be able to pick it up. I can hmm. pick it up over here at night because of the way that... See, the ham radio thing? I know about this. I got uh, start bouncing <laughs> AM radio signal. Yeah, I know about this shit. Uh, and by the way, as a, also as an aside, Felix is saying, uh, bro said to remember Oklahoma City bombing several years earlier. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, that was a different. That was a different piece as far as to what it was related to, but it still. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get myself a little too worked into stuff, and you know me, I try to be pro about this. I'm sorry. Uh, well, continuing, Tom. Yeah. Well, no. What I, what I was gonna say was about uh, ten ten wins. Ten ten wins uh, is similar to let's say um, AP News or Reuters, where if you listen to any of those broadcasts, they're they're giving you the news. You know, they're giving you just the headlines. You know, this is what's happening in this, in the U.S. This is what's happening around the world. Unfiltered, you know. I mean, I guess to some degree, I guess they're they're reporting what they're hearing, uh, or what they're seeing in, in video, what have you, and they're just reporting it. Um, and and similar to even a lot of the local uh, New York stations, still mostly have uh, just reporting, and, and probably similar from Buffalo and some other places where they're just you know the local news tends to just report the news as that's reported to them as opposed to saying, Oh, let's talk about this. And oh, let's bring in uh, so-and-so, you know, to talk about, you know, abortion rights and, and, or, yeah. you know, should we, and, and it's, so it's not opinion based. As a matter of fact, if you, if you see the Fox news, um, posters that they have out for their advertising, it'll, it'll say, you know, I think it's something to the effect of, you know, real news, real opinions or something like that. So it's, <laughs> 
Yeah, so it, it does. It's not fact based, you know. Like, so there are some, there may be some facts, kind of sprinkled in there somewhere. But they they have these people who are designed now. They're not reporters as we would know or think of a reporter. Uh, they're not even an anchor, a news anchor that we would be familiar mm-hmm. with, you know, like a Brian Williams or a Walter Cronkite or Dan Rather, um, <laughs> or or um, it, oh God, uh, now I'm trying to remember. On uh, channels on uh, on Barbara uh, Walters even yeah, well, back was, in the day. I was thinking uh, going back to ABC local when we were growing up. It was Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel. That's who it was. I yeah, almost yeah, yeah. forgot. Yeah. So they're not even they're not even that. They're they're yeah. just they they're taking they're grabbing a headline where the most salacious uh, headline might be for that day, and then. And just opining on it, and then bring in kind of mostly like-minded individuals to kind of you know sprinkle some extra chocolate chips into it, to, you know, just to kind of sauce it up a little bit. So you're not, and then they just you know regurgitate it every hour on the hour, uh, and that's why I, I I don't even watch, I can't even watch for more reasons. One, I don't watch Fox News, but you know, but even CNN has gotten to the point where I've told them and I know these people uh, I I can't watch you for more than 20 minutes because it's just kind of one flows in hour flows into the other and it's the same thing over and over again to the point where I I, I get a migraine watching it and and you're not telling me anything and and I'm only hearing about one thing not that coronavirus for example is not important i mean that that is the chief headline is something that's that's something that's that's still kind of there's a lot of moving parts to it and it's a fluid situation but i would imagine there's also other news happening aside from that so and we will never hear that so unless you go online and rifle through the various news entities and their, uh, their websites of various news entities you won't know what the hell's going on anywhere else um and all you're going to hear is the gloom and doom of, of coronavirus so uh, and everything that revolves around it. So that's why it's important, I think, to – to uh, there, are, there are some people who only watch or prefer to watch Fox News. Uh, there's only some people who prefer to watch CNN only or MSNBC uh, or even just a regular you know, C, uh, CBS, NBC, ABC kind of channels. But I, I tend to uh, – try to look into a lot of different news outlets, uh, even BBC, for instance, just to kind of di- get a different perspective from a different part of the world. And inevitably, there's there's usually something that I find there that is not even being reported by the American news outlets. So, um, you know, I always tell people to kind of do a little more digging. You shouldn't have to do that in, 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 in the age of where we are, you should be able to just go to one of the or more of these websites and just find what you're looking for within a few seconds. But that's just kind of how it's being filtered through each and every one of them. So you kind of unfortunately have to do a little more homework to find out what the heck is happening. I know? think um, if I can opine for a moment, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the fact that we have, uh, like even north of the border, we have them too, these 24-hour news channels. You know, CNN started it, uh, but then, you know, now we got Fox News, MSNBC, CNBC, uh, CTV News One, I think it's what it's called. Uh, and I think CBC, uh, CBC News World, uh, those are the two that are north of the border. I think that the, one of the biggest problems that we have with these 24-hour news things is that 
there actually isn't enough news news to justify running 24 seven. So that's where this, I think that's where a lot of the sensationalism and the, uh, the opinion pieces come out. Uh, like mm. you were saying with, uh, with guys like Don Lemon, now I've, I've watched some footage of him, uh, going absolutely apeshit on people to the point where he actually mm. told the guy, no, you cannot say anything. Uh, paraphrasing. This is my show. There, there's actual footage mm. of that where he, he tried to shut one guy down just, but anyways, and I think as a result of that, of the, of the need to feed the beast, that is the 24 hour news cycle. That's where a lot of this sensationalism comes from. And, mm. uh, when you were talking about, uh, you know, things like, of course, COVID-19 is the big spotlight right now. And it actually reminded me of when I used to watch, um, news about the space shuttle launches mm. or the space shuttle missions, uh, on one of my local channels up here at CBC and the, uh, it was on a it was on a news show called Midday. It was a one hour news program where they would do your headlines. Um, they would break into your local news for a little bit, like they would actually cut over to CBC Calgary, or in my case, back in the day, CBC Winnipeg, uh, to get your local news, and then they'd flip back to the national one to do a few, few more things. But when you're talking about bringing people on, like you yourself have been on CNN. I remember this one guy, I was, I was looking for his name, but I couldn't find him, but he was a, um, a scientist, an astronomer. And I think he worked with the Canadian space agency. So he kind of knew the mission details of a lot of the shuttle stuff. And he would actually, they, they would bring him on, not as an opinion piece, but to actually show in detail in layman's terms, what the shuttle was going to be doing on this particular mission. You know, but the thing is, he had the expertise. Now, with COVID-19, it would have been great if, you know, somebody could bring in a virologist. I think I'm using the right term. Or someone in the medical profession who's in the know to explain, this is how it works. This is why people are freaking out. Because it's, you know, an aggressive form of, of whatever. Again, I... <laughs> Look, I was a guest of the medical community for, for a few months, a couple of years ago, and that's about as far as I went. Um, I am by no means an expert, but just to have someone come on to rationally explain why the world is losing its mind over the, like, why are we quarantining? Why are we doing all of this? <clears throat> you know, but just explain why, like, it's an aggressive, it's an aggressive thing. These are the symptoms. I was just watching a YouTube video earlier today. Uh, a guy I've been tracking for a while, and he finally talked about what happens when you get this thing, why you need ventilators, and what is going to happen to you if you know if the, if if it advances too much. If we, I think, if people had known that a month ago, I, I think things would have been a lot different than they are right now, no. in terms of people taking it seriously. I, I doubt that uh, people in groups are stupid, panicky. Uh, you know, they said it best in men in black, you know, they're panicky, stupid, all that. Yeah. And they're dangerous. And when you're talking about the general public, you're talking about a mass group of people and they don't make wise decisions. They really don't. 
Do you have too many politicians on TV who are afraid to give out advice that would cause people to have good behaviors in terms of washing their hands, not going out if they don't have to, and those sorts of things, and then be wrong about it? It was like, oh, look, the coronavirus is uh, – let's say it was actually in reality, not what it is now. But let's say for for this case example, let's say it's slightly less worse than the flu. But it didn't appear that way at first. And then we and those and several politicians and governors and so on gave out advice uh, that we would be receiving right now. And it turned out that they gave out too much advice. They would be afraid that they would lose their next election. And that is the problem. Well, th- yeah. yeah, that's the problem of every politician. They only yeah. care about getting reelected, which is why mm-hmm. I've been saying for a long time, anybody who wants that level of power should never be given that level of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, there's a piece about this. Um, I have been... I was nicknamed DJ Cynic. There's a reason for this. Hold on. <laughs> My fault. And, I own it. I completely <laughs> own what I did. That's all right. And no regrets. Now, the reason why I'm no bringing regrets. that out is that Somebody is probably going to say, you know, it's just because you're a cynic. But before anybody goes ahead and tries that angle, this has been immortalized in film, in Ghostbusters. When they go into the mayor's office and he says, Lenny, you will have saved the life of millions of registered voters. You know how we talk about how... For a lot of folks these days, it's dem clicks. Well, in politics, it tends to be dem voters and dem exit polls. And that seems to be part of the problem. The visibility is the bigger driving issue than what's actually being done. At least that's what it feels like from my side of it all. You know, it, it it's not just your side. I everybody that I've talked to in my personal relationships, my friendships, uh, my my uh, my significant other, her family, my uh, family, my friends, her friends, and so on and so forth. It's it's all coming down to you have politicians who are going, you know what? I don't care about whether or not I'm getting reelected. My constituents, my people are important to me. My country is important to me. My state is important to me. If the president's not going to get off his ass, sorry, but that's the mentality like New York and so on. If they're not going to get off their ass and do something, we're going to do it. Those are the people who are going to get reelected. Yeah. The ones who are sitting there and going, Oh, right. Well, if the president doesn't say anything to do it, I don't think we have anything to worry about. Yeah. Joseph, Those are the people I hope the virus take out first. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, I heard that you were trying to get in there for a second. Yeah, I just uh, I just find it a little uh, uh, difficult to make, you know, to make generalizations um, when you're looking at how people are behaving in reaction to the situation. It's hard to say. It's hard to judge who does what, but once again, the the only thing I can do is um, divide when looking at the general population behavior. 
all I can do is divide the the skeptics from like people who actually look at the situation, think about what's going on, think about everything they hear, and then decide what to do. And the people who will basically believe the last thing they read, you know, as gospel truth. Or once again, going back to my catchphrase, you know, the, the survived by imitation people. <laughs> and unfortunately, um, you know, most of the media and most of the politicians, and in fact, the, the entire system is, uh, is uh, orchestrated around uh, the reaction of uh, survived by imitation people, people who depended on, on authority to tell them what to do, uh, what to think, etc., uh, etc. Et yeah, that's um, that actually drives straight into where the real meat of this whole damn thing is. Uh, which, by the way, over on the uh, over on the live chat, Captain Rogway, welcome back. He had actually asked, "Okay, you know, what are you guys talking about?" And he he did specifically say. Uh, where is it over here? Uh, I said that, you know, talk with Tom about news and how to deal with the facts versus opinion. Oh, I thought it was about emergency preparedness. Well, what Joseph was just saying is kind of where that comes into the play. Tom, we've, uh, we've talked about a lot of different pieces at this point, but what Joseph was just saying about how you've got the people who will just follow like sheep to whatever they're spoon fed versus the mm -hmm. people who want to try to investigate and like we were talking about listen to uh outside groups to get different perspectives al jazeera bbc uh ctv for Quran out loud reuters uh npr uh, i mean god there are actually people who actually watch c spin i i don't know whatever uh, it's <laughs> there's an old joke in there there's an old, old joke in there. But that's part of the problem with this whole damn thing, isn't it? The people who want to get the, if it bleeds, it leads stuff because there's a little dopamine hit because it's exciting because, you know, the the clickbaity headlines in order to, to read and see what's going on versus, you know, I would really like to have, you know, actual knowledge that would be really great how do we deal with trying to figure out who is driving more for the the sensationalism the uh the advertiser dollars versus the groups that are really like look this is what's going on we are documenting history we're not trying to sell advertising space mm-hmm yeah exactly well i uh there was a poll that was done recently. Um, I don't even know who did the poll. It was floating around. Uh, I, I thought I saw who did it, and I can't remember who did it. But anyway, it was a poll that suggested that uh, or stated that I think it was 38% of people polled thought that uh, coronavirus was due to drinking Corona beer. Yeah. Did you see that? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, so, seen, uh, okay. To be fair. To be fair. Uh, to be fair, to be fair, uh, uh, the beer does not taste that good. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, getting yeah. sick from it to me, that's not much of a stretch as, as a beer drinker and, myself. And and, and, and and to be fair, uh, that's one I haven't tried yet. I've, uh, I've, can, I've, can I? No, can, can I? I want to get out in front of this right now, uh, Shujin. Hmm. 
don't. Okay, that's fine. I've ninety uh, percent of the ones I've I've actually gotten uh, here. As soon as you crack the the thing, you take a whiff. It's skunky. Okay. Which is what happens when beer goes sour. It actually smells like skunk. Yeah, oh. Fair enough. The the reason I, I was mentioning about that, Tom, is that uh, over the last, oh God, I don't even know how many months it's been now, I get a, a beer to try because I'm not a beer drinker and I try to see if there's something that I can actually like. Uh, there have been very few and I've tried a lot of different ones at this point, but be this as it may. Okay, so there are well, groups. Yeah, so, so the thing is... It, I think regardless of what country you're in, um, it's safe to say that there is going to be a certain segment of that population, uh, whatever the percentage may be, that are, uh, and I hate to say just stupid or dumb, but uh, for lack of a better term, let's just say they're they're dumb or stupid. They, but for more reasons than one, maybe they're poorly educated, uneducated, uh, just outright racist, sexist, homophobic, you know, <laughs> uh, ignorant people. Yeah. That to be kind of, I just like to call them lazy. Yeah. Lazy learners or lazy that just not wanting to learn or they just will, uh, someone don't want, I just don't want to know. They don't want to know anything yeah. more comfortably ignorant. anything outside of the comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, so you, so this is that's what you're dealing with at baseline, right? You're dealing with uh, a certain segment of the population that uh, is going to be that. So, whether it's a quarter of the population, a third of the population, maybe a little bit more in some places. Uh, so, you have to kind of deal with with that, and then you have the other portions of the population that are only going to listen uh, to whatever sways their political pendulum, right? So uh, if people are, are more conservative or right-wing, they're going to listen to those people who are espousing those doctrines. If someone is a, a more left-wing or more liberal, or uh, yeah, they're going to listen to people from that camp. And then you kind of have everyone else who's jostled into the middle of all that, uh, the other 40 or 50% of whatever, whatever the number may be. Um, and the the, the, so the problem is, is that with the people on the extremes of the of the political spectrum in the times that we're living in, it's very easy uh, to inject this fake news because people are going to want to bring on more people into their camp. So they're going to inject, oh, no, what they're, what they're telling you is wrong. This is what's really happening. Uh, and subsequently, look, it, ta it takes, what, 10 minutes and, and – and, yeah, and I wink from GoDaddy to put up a, a website. So anybody could put up a website and, and tell a story, put up some pictures. Uh, to give you an example, uh, to pick on on uh, my mother. So my, my dad my my dad passed about ten years ago, and when uh, after he shortly after he passed, we uh, we got my mother a laptop. We thought my sister and I thought we were doing uh, ourselves a favor and doing <laughs> her a favor uh, by letting her explore, you know, oh, look, mom, here's Google Maps. You could go back to the neighborhood in Brooklyn where you were born and raised and you can <laughs> check things out. And yeah. she thought it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And, and to, to be fair, to be fair. Um, for those folks that have never done that before, it is really, really cool to go yeah. to the street levels and take a look at not just the, not just the street where 
I grew, well, where I was born, where my parents lived, which, by the way, there's a story between my mom, the apartment that we were living in when I was born, and the mafia. But we'll talk about that another time, which uh, apparently was true. Anyway, you, you, you can. Know, um, oh, you, sorry, go ahead. You can look back at towns, streets where your families came from. I was able to see the two towns where my Italian heritage comes from. And wow, let me tell you, that's actually pretty cool to be able to do. The 21st yeah. century is freaking amazing. You know, when, when Google Earth first came out and it was going to be, I, I remember what the, the original premise was, is that you'd be able to zoom in onto any city on, the, on Earth mm-hmm. and you could actually go virtual down onto the street. Like I remember New York because it was like a big 3D model on Google Earth. Oh, yeah, still is. And the, the idea was if you wanted to go to like a, a JC Petty on a particular street in New York, I'm, I'm not even going to try to guess where one is. Uh, anymore. The second you, well, the second you entered that store on on Google Earth, it would take you to their online shopping website. That was the pie in the sky plan. Now, I grew up in a very small town, uh, very uh, relatively isolated, I would say. And the first time I looked at Google Earth, I was amazed. I saw the house that I grew up in which had been demolished three years prior. Just a wee bit out of date. That's of course, it, that's, <laughs> <laughs> of course that, I mean, that, that's changed now. We're talking like almost 15, 16 years ago, but uh, that just, I, I laughed so hard at that. Um, my, my boss was looking at me funny. I said, yeah, that's, that's where I grew up. She says, oh, what does it look like now? I'm like, yeah, it's, uh, it's a crater. <laughs> but now it's now it's green space. Yeah. So back to it. Mom's got a laptop now. Wow. Uh those days. Oh, by yeah. the way, I do want to I, I do want to interject real quick. I laughed when you had made the comment that you thought you were doing the nice thing for the oh, yeah. uh, family by getting it. And I want the audience to understand that the reason why I laughed is yeah, I the at, from an IT perspective, when you're an IT member and your family knows it, uh, and you get them a piece of IT equipment, you are their tech support bitch for life. Uh, being on the receiving end of every single computer question. Yes, forever. For I feel your pain. For my IT brethren, look at the bright side. He said laptop. He didn't say web TV. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> dude, did you really have to bring back that horrible memory? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh my! You're all Jeez, welcome. Jeez, man. Back to the story. Mom's got a laptop, and oh, it starts from there. Yeah. Well, so she well, it was a Chromebook, actually. And uh, so she started off very innocently with Google Maps and whatnot. And then suddenly found herself... Uh, researching uh, all kinds of things about uh she found I, I guess i don't know how she did it but she got kind of caught up in this uh reading websites about preppers and uh Ooh. doomsday is coming and gloom and doom and this and that first yeah 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 but what's interesting is is that she has uh for years now so for years my sister and i have been hearing about uh there's uh, some dark days ahead. There's going to be an 
collapsed his shelves and this and that. We all kind of blew it up. We're like, okay, mom, yeah, okay. For years, she's been talking about this. But then there's more that comes down the line according to what she's been reading and these websites that she's been on and what have you. So, But what's funny is that now, I don't know if it's funny, but as it is more ironic, that uh, these dire you know, predictions that she's been making or relaying from other people's predictions. Uh, some of it has now come to fruition. You know, there's a major event that's occurred. There's uh, an economic collapse in progress. Uh, there's no food on the shelves at the grocery store. So we're kind of like, oh, wow, maybe the crazy old lady's not so crazy anymore. Um, well, let's let's face facts. Well, my grocery store shelves are, are fine. It's the toilet paper that's kind of out of stock. Yeah, well, there, there's that. But I was going to say, you know, uh, you know, putting putting credit where credit is due. Even the twelve o'clock flashing VCR is right twice a day. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And that's so. My, you know, uh, nickel psychiatric, you know, Lucy Charlie Brown stand. You know, opens up, and I try to explain to her uh, just that. You know, just to kind of say, listen, you know, sure, if these people have been predicting this for thirty, forty, fifty years, yeah, at some point there's going to be some kind of catastrophe. If you stick around long enough, uh, that's going to be a major disruption. You know, we've already seen a number. How many major catastrophes have we've seen in the? You know, I mean, Mike and I are about fifty years of age, give or take. Uh, so. Between 1969 and today, there's been certainly a number of uh, major yeah. world-shaking events, right? So if you're here for more than a minute, uh, you're going to see some hairy shit go down. So I try to impart to her that uh, – because then what happens is, too, is that uh, – and someone mentioned it a second ago. You get caught in, that, in the rabbit hole where everything is just – you're like Nancy negative. So now there's nothing positive happening anywhere. So it's going to go from one catastrophe to the next. And then, you know, planet X is coming. It's going to split the planet in two. So, you know, so then my whole thing is, well, then how, how many, does it really matter how many cases of water I have in my basement? If, if, a, if a rogue asteroid is going to come and split the earth in, into two pieces? Uh, I, I don't think so. So, uh, you know, I, I guess having the, the unique perspective of being in, in a number of situations where uh, I literally have cheated death, uh, that I, I kind of uh, have this mantra that I do just live for the day. Uh, I, do, I plan for tomorrow, uh, and I, and I re- you, know, you know, kind of relent the, the, the mistakes I've made in the past, but I, I live for the day and I, I plan for tomorrow, but I don't expect to be around you know too much longer i guess based on what has occurred to me especially from 9 11 and whatnot and and health situations so but yet i i hope that i can make it to you know 70 75 80 i mean it would be it would be nice um but i'm not going to crawl into a ball inside of a closet uh you know fearing what's going to happen next tuesday or or two months from now or 18 years from now. Uh, You just kind of have to take it as it comes. But the other part, you know, in relation to what's happening now, aside from where you're going to parcel out your news from uh, and whether or not you're going to listen to local and and state authorities as well as maybe federal authorities um, and take what's coming in from them and trying to, to make some sense of that, 
when it comes to a, a case like this, which is, I think, fairly unprecedented, at least in our lifetimes on True. this level, right, True. is that you have to go to where the probably the best sources of information would be, which would be doctors and scientists. So, you know, if I'm going to go to uh, Sloan Kettering or Bellevue Hospital here in New York, go to their website and, and gather information, you know, what, whatever may be out there. Uh, if I'm going to go to the CDC uh, or the National Institute of Health, you know, there is a where you can get this information from. That's why instead of just dropping your fishing pole into the one hole in the middle of the ice, uh, yeah, I, I think it may be helpful to have a few holes and have a few lines and, and see, you know, what, what, what you come up with. Uh, you know, look, information is power. And this is something that, because I, I, I find it hard to believe, uh, and, I, and I think probably most people feel that they probably can't trust uh, what's coming out of President Trump's mouth for more reasons than one, uh, well, or even just big government period, right? So I, I, I think, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I, I think that also extends to to the media these days as well. Yeah, um, right, exactly. Like, again, the, the big news outlets. And be, because, again, depending on what side of the fence you're on, you're getting definite conflicting uh, reports on, mm -hmm. you know, okay, the virus is this, is, is bad, the virus is not so bad, the virus is going to come and take your children, the virus is communicable by dogs, you know, how to protect yourself, film at 11 type of thing. Mm -hmm. What really gets me, uh, what makes me wonder though, is that the, the media is not doing itself any favors with this continued sensationalism other than, you ratings. know, clickbait and ratings. And it makes me wonder at what point are they going to lose so much credibility mm -hmm. that no one, watches anything anymore like no one trusts anyone like i got gotcha. you like like the whole like survive by imitation is fine looking for someone to help explain things you know to a point yeah, yeah there is a point where that becomes a bad thing where you have to figure it out for yourself but you know for myself you know i'm i'm immunocompromised uh i lost my spleen a couple of years ago so when they tell you, you know, if you're immunocompromised, uh, you better be careful. You're damn right I'm being careful. But if I want to know more, and if I want to go to, you know, a source or whatever, if I want to watch the news and say, okay, you know, what's going on in my community? But instead, all I'm hearing is all of these conflicting reports, depending on who I go to. At some point, I'm just going to have to throw up my hands and say, you know what? Y'all are crazy. I'm done with you. And... Yeah. I'm really worried that between between this, uh, between all the stuff that came out with uh, before this with impeachment, uh, Russia, and all that other stuff, and and again, I'm I'm coming at this from an outsider's perspective since I'm north of the border. Uh, is it the fifth estate? Is that what they call it? The the press. Truth be told, uh, the, truth be told, on our side of the border, mm -hmm. we don't use that term. That's oh, okay. something I'd never heard about until I saw it coming across from, uh, I think it was uh, CTV. Okay. Because right. over yeah, well, over here in the Buffalo area, we can usually pick up some of the local, you know, uh, Toronto stations and such. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, the, the, the institution that is the news media is on the precipice right now. 
And it's I, it, personally, I, it, again, my opinion, it's setting itself up to crash and burn pretty hard uh, at mm-hmm. this rate. And at some point, you know, honestly, I, I see it. I, I see a media a media apocalypse, if you will, but, uh, where, the, where the 24 hour news stations just die because it's nothing more than the Inquirer, the Evening Star, and Conspiracy Today these days. Yeah, I'd be careful not to project your skepticism onto you know everyone, because um, in when people uh, don't know how to make or don't want to make value judgments for themselves, um, they're not going to tell the difference between you know their sources and they're only going to follow like what everybody else is the, the the doctrine that everybody else is following and if um people should if it, like you're talking about a, um, a network of losing credibility well you know these same people uh the more credulous they tend to remember the hits and forget the misses i mean just you know, look at all the politicians that are still in power after like years of like blatant. Um, oh yeah, abuse and all yeah. that. They're still being voted into office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's amazing when is... you when you hear the name of a senator and then you hear the word Nixon or yeah. Carter or Reagan as part of their accolades. It's like, shouldn't you be dead by now <laughs> or at least retired? Yeah, there's a, there's a piece about this, and uh, I want to kind of bounce this past you a little bit for uh, for a moment, Tom. Uh, I don't know if you had heard about this one, but uh, I think it was earlier today that I saw that there is a uh, there's an overall push to, uh, and I don't I don't remember if it was Rachel Maddow that had specifically started pushing this out there to say, look, the way that things are going, we should no longer be covering these these press conferences live anymore because there is so much conflicting information that is simply Mm -hmm. sowing more fear, uncertainty, and doubt because nobody knows what in the hell to believe at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. The problem with that, however, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure that we can appreciate this, that would mean that we have to trust somebody in that situation to actually properly sift through the the crap in order to get us the nuggets of reality of what's going on, which means there has to be the... I'm trying to figure the right way of putting this. There has to be the assumption of virtuous reporting. I, I don't know. I don't know what the right term is that I'm looking for, but you, there, nope. there, ha, there has to be the assumption that if you are a news organization and you're going through it this way, you must be doing the job that we are assuming you to be doing. Yeah, Shujan, I think uh, again, I don't know the term, but I think what you're looking for is you're looking for an objective news source, the facts, the figures. You, <laughs> Just to, to, to roll it back from where we started, we need a Walter Cronkite. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, like, by saying that, um, and I'm borrowing a phrase from, a, from a, another YouTuber, but 
Uh, Rachel kind of beclowned herself by making that statement to, to say that we should stop, we should stop covering this and that you should only listen to this when she's under as big a microscope as any of them. No, 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 no. Hold, hold it. Make sure that we got this clear. Just retransmitting the conferences live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the piece that, that was going Actually, on. Actually, I think that's the best thing to do. Uh, you know, we, we've said before, sunlight is the best remedy. Because, because if it's edited or if there's commentary over top of it, we've seen this, that some places will snip here, snip there, so that they can twist the context ever so slightly to make it fit their narrative. No, you're right. That to me, and, and that to me is a travesty when it comes to trying to get stuff about this. Now, and like I was saying, we do need somebody who is unbiased, objective, uh, just will report on, okay, this is what happened. This is what we know now with no spin, no, no BS. But I don't think there is a journalistic icon these days on either side of the border, in my opinion, that could actually do that. I disagree. Or who, or who could be trusted? I think that there is. And okay. when we talk about that, we need another Walter Cronkite. And Tom, give me a yay or a nay on this one. It isn't just the person. We need an actual organization that embodies what Cronkite did and how he served the public through through the mass media and through the news. Mm-hmm. We need some. Yeah. We need an organization that can be trusted, that has shown that they've that they've earned that trust and that respect. And I would say, I I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I would say that in the current climate, the closest thing to that, as as tweed jacket might sound is NPR. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, nobody likes to think about them because, oh, they're getting money from the government. So they're, you know, they're, they're in the government. Po- well, they, they do get some, but mm-hmm. let's face it. Some of that government money actually went into things like, well, Tom and I grew, literally grew up with it because it started the same time as when the year that we were born, things like, Sesame Street. And how excellent was that for helping kids, especially inner city kids? Mr. Rogers, uh, the electric company, not as much. Television workshop. The children's television workshop. Just because it's government money doesn't mean it's bad money. It's Hmm. what you do with it. It's another tool. Speaking of tools. (laughs) Here we go. Yeah. Uh Let's let's go ahead and deal with probably the most important piece of the whole damn thing. You've been in situations that we find out after the fact are most definitely history being written as it's happening. I talked with this uh, with uh, with uh, with Tiny Tribble earlier today, as a matter of fact, that, you know, 
we don't think about it in the moment that it's history being written. And he asked me, you know, were, were there any times where you knew that it was? And I thought about it. And there were a couple of them. There was the, uh, the shuttle in 87. There was, obviously enough, you know, 9-11. There were a number of things that happened when we were younger that we didn't necessarily understand at the time. I specifically mentioned um, Sadat. I also ended up talking about uh, Iran. You know, um, the Iran-Iraq conflicts. And I thought about, you know, how when you think about just those items, how heart-wrenching our lifetimes can seem. But then I thought about what Tom and I were born into. We were born into the space age where landing on the moon is an actual legit thing that we can do as a species, for Christ's sake. And realize that in the midst of, you know, all the crap, there is still some amazing good that we need to remind ourselves of. So I think what I want to, you know, go with with the last half hour that we've got, because I think it's, it's, it's going to deserve the time, is to probably kind of help people kind of put these things in perspective. That, yeah, it sucks, but we have weathered other storms and, you know, we will still get through the other side. And I say that specifically because, and, and Tom is going to recognize these names, Hugo, Floyd, Gloria. You have to recognize those three names. <laughs> You remember you remember those years back in the eighties. That was the last time I I felt my hair blowing around. You know, I was going to say for for the folks that don't understand, uh, it's hurricanes Hugo, Floyd, and Gloria. Um, we lived through, um, we lived through some some pretty nasty days with all that. Uh, flooding, uh, the power being out from, at the time it was Lilco, for the better part of, I think it was the better part of a week and a half or so, for the vast majority of Long Island. I mean, and you consider that on Long Island, almost everything runs on electricity at the time. There's no natural gas, there's, you know, you had, you had uh, oil for the heaters, but you know, everything was down. Everything was down. And we still got through it. The blackout of 77, I think is what it was. You know, like the entirety of the East Coast, gone. Nothing. But again, we got through. And as I've been telling people, you know, it's, 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 like, it's like Captain America said. We'll get through that the same way we did everything else. We'll do that together. We just kind of have to live through the bookmark that is the the history book that we're writing right now. Uh, 
just to, not to change the subject, but I, I just found a link to, um, I mean, if you look it up on you, if you put my name in, uh, in a YouTube search, you'll come up with a number of clips um, from different segments that I've been on. But I just, I just uh, patched through a, uh, a link here. I don't know if you see it, if, if it comes up. It's uh, yeah. probably the most recent, one of the more recent clips uh, with CNN I did. And I'll just give you an idea as to, to how, what, when they bring me on, how they peppering me with whatever questions they have, and and how I try to navigate through that. But to your point, Mike. Uh, so, what's interesting about this situation is that so a lot of people have asked me uh, how you know, how is it to be shot at? You know, like, what's what's that like? You know, uh, like bullet buzzing in front of your face, kind of a shooting, right? Uh, you know, somebody who was robbed at gunpoint. That's not a question I ever want to know the answer to. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, 9-11 with, you know, what was that like? You know, the, the, the before, during and after, uh, in, in, in 2003, we had a blackout here in New York city. Um, similar to that of the 77 blackout that you mentioned, Mike, but not as, not as, uh, long, thankfully, uh, 2005, I went down to New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. They sent 300 of us from New York City down to New Orleans um, because at that time, I think half the New Orleans Police Department, which was only 1,500 people, uh, were missing uh, and unaccounted for. And they had uh, no lights, no power. The drinking water was compromised because there was all kinds of damage to the uh, aquifers and all that. So there was all kinds of things going on there. You know, uh, you loot, we shoot kind of a mentality. People were literally being killed, uh, you know, for the toilet paper and other things. So, so I, having been through all these different scenarios and then you know, hurricane Sandy, which uh, was in 2012, uh, not long before I had left each one of them, was very surreal to go through. Um, I, I mean, I mean, 9-11 for sure was the most surreal thing that, that I think I've ever experienced. But, and that, that's a you know, conversation for another day, but the, it's hard to put into words what that's like unless you were standing there experiencing it. Uh, same thing with, like with uh, with Hurricane Katrina. You know, you saw probably on the news all these horrific uh, shots of, of flooded streets and people on rooftops and and dead bodies. You know, and uh, the, uh, caskets that were were floating out. Yeah, yeah, yeah floating. Yeah, I remember caskets. That. Uh, you know, we like we were seeing dead animals floating. We were seeing dead people floating. People that tied dead people to a tree so they didn't float away um that kind of a thing so it's just it's hard to uh, unless you're actually sitting there experiencing it and, and and obviously the sights and the sounds and the smells that go along with each one of those crazy things it's hard to really put into words how that feels so the unique thing about i think about this uh coronavirus is is that we are all experiencing this at the same time in real time uh so 
while you know one of our guests is in Canada and one of our guests is in France and one of our guests is in uh, in New York and, and upstate New York, we all are seeing this through slightly different lenses because of you know where we are logistically, but the anxiety uh, and and the uncertainty and the the racked nerves and uh, and and even possibly for some of us, you know, I don't know if anyone here is suffering any symptoms of it. Uh, or know someone that is, that adds a whole other level to it, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and it's because this is kind of uncharted territory for pretty much everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, you could you could feel the collective uh, tension and, and anxiety in the air. It's palpable, right? Yeah. So, you know, well, look, I think it's easy. And, and I'm, I'm, I've been guilty of this, and Mike, Mike could tell you this. Um, you know, my Facebook page is like a war zone. So you know, <laughs> well, that's all. That's all on you, man. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, 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 listen, like I could own that. Uh, you know, so while I will scream and shout about, well, why did Trump, you know, fire the pandemic team at the CDC? You know, why when they found out uh, two, three months ago about this, you know, impending situation? Were there not more immediate steps taken? Why uh, three plus years into his presidency were they not better prepared for a uh, an impending uh, crisis like this? Why was there not Trump came into office to make sure that we were better prepared? So, and that's just holding people's feet to the fire, right? Because you know we're our tax money is going to pay these people, not the. You know, I, I'm paying Trump anything, I guess, because he's not taking the salary. But it, it works. These people are held to a higher standard because they've been we've voted them into these positions. Uh, so they will make the big decisions to first and foremost keep us safe, right? That's part of like your social contract. Yeah, it's a, a positions uh, of trust. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's their job is to provide protection for the people. You know, we provide them the power. They they make the decisions to keep us all safe uh, via the military, via, you know, uh, the, you know police and, 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 and whatnot. So there's I think there's a collective sense of. Uh, of of doubt uh, and, and real disappointment from all political persuasions as yeah. to. <laughs> Why you know they they've dropped the ball so many times, and now we're left in the. Right? Um, so I think the the collective feeling of anxiety is can be lessened with the fact that knowing that uh, we are all kind of in this together, we're all experiencing this together. There is no one, regardless of your socioeconomic status, your race, your sexual orientation, your gender identity, that's going to be untouched potentially by this. Um, you know, so I think there's some comfort knowing that, you know, uh, misery loves company. Um, uh, and there's going to be a lot of misery. There's already a lot of misery happening and, and, uh, and a lot more misery to come, I think. But- I agree with you on that. I there is a lot more to come, and we've only seen the beginning of it, in my opinion. And actually, um, again, I, I watch a fair bit of YouTube these days because, well, I'm, I'm unemployed and housebound at this point, uh, just because of everything. Uh, 
One thing did cross my feed though recently that I, I found quite amusing, and I, I mentioned this to, to Shujin last night and, and Joey on our on our Friday night thing. Um, you familiar with the Daily Wire? Mm-hmm. Uh, conservative YouTube network. Uh, anyways, the the, the frontman Ben Shapiro. Oh, uh, God. Oh. No, no, no. Just did, hold wait, on, Tech. Just wait, hold on. Be, be, before you explode, let me finish. Because you might actually get a chuckle out of this. So uh, he's located in California, which apparently everybody now is shelter at home. Uh-huh. And so he was doing his daily show from his house. Not looking so good. Uh, apparently <laughs> the, the makeup people weren't able to come into a house call because... Homeboy's got bloodshot eyes. Uh, his, his nose looked like a war zone. Uh, you know, he's kind of lacking the whole foundation type thing. But uh, it might have been the light, too. Now, his wife is a doctor. And she just had their third, I think it's her third child. <sighs> so he's a little on edge, given everything that's going on right now. And now this is a guy that... He is, he can, he, I actually have seen him be critical of the government in the past. Like he, he is no fan of Trump, believe it or not. Uh, he'll, but you know, he'll call a spade a spade. In the last show I saw, he went off on the government. He exploded screaming at them. Okay. Look, where are the beds that you promised? Do you have a plan to get us out of this? Uh, if we flatten the curve now, and if if you know what I mean by that uh, by that phrase, mm-hmm. uh, who's to say that you know once <clears throat> once the curve sort of goes off and we're all lifted out of quarantine, who's to say we're not going to get another gigantic spike? Because has anything been done to actually combat this? You know, are there plans in place that the government is talking about? And when someone like him who has been a mouthpiece for uh conservatism and for the, gov- the the current government for him to completely go off on them like that to me it, it, it all i just really wanted to say is like I, i'm more of a uh, i'm i'm a i'm a, I'm a center left kind of person um i don't buy into one ideology or another i just sort of okay you know what um this from column A, this from column B. Oh my God, this actually might work. Uh, that's gotten me in hot water before, but to, to see something like that, I just kind of thought, I sat back and go, now you finally understand what the rest of us are going through. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's nice to see somebody who is such a mouthpiece for a particular ideology actually get knocked down a peg or two in the face of reality. And that's the thing. For a lot of people who are removed from the day-to-day lifestyle, um, you know, politicians who don't understand that, yes, you can buy a gallon of milk just using cash paper money. You don't have to use a credit card with an ID, you know, uh, or that a gallon of milk is not $15. You know, that's what it costs you to have a chauffeur go out and get it for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. when they see one of their loved ones catch the virus, that's when it becomes real for them. 
that's assuming they actually have the empathy for that person that they claim to love. There are people out there that have no empathy. Yeah, there's a uh, just one second, really quickly. Uh, Go ahead. Bridget uh, did say that uh, she's going to have to uh, take off. Unfortunately, uh, sorry, I wasn't able to get you in for uh, anything at the moment, hun. But you try to take care of yourself and uh, just you know, just be careful. Of course, as always. And now I can't hear you at all. Well, she just disconnected. She just there, there's there is latency with the disconnect. Yeah. Um. Actually, I was just looking at uh, Captain Wrongway here, talking about uh, supply chains and stuff like that. Uh, two of my friends uh, that I went to school with are truckers, uh, both still working, and uh, both are kind of, well, okay, one of them, uh, he was a bad boy all throughout school. Um, no, we don't know anybody like that at all, do we? Yeah, but but you know, he's he's totally toughing it out. Um and he he speaks for his brother and sister truckers that they they are doing all they can to keep the supply lines running. And he actually he posted a meme on on my Facebook page. I should uh, try to find it, talking about how now truckers, emergency workers, frontline service people are now more important uh, in the public eye than celebrities, musicians, and. Uh, actors or, or something like that which yeah we I, I think we've always known that and to be honest i hope that when all this is because eventually this will reach some kind of state of you know if not normal a little bit better than what we're at right now oh absolutely i hope i really hope that um I, I hope the age of the celebrity opining is past us, uh, at know, least for a little while, because you know what? Just shut up and do your TV show and leave me alone. <laughs> you know, Actually, um, another YouTube video I saw today, uh, apparently there are some celebrities who are quarantined who are breaking down now because they're not getting their their daily exposure to their rabid fans anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I, I think I tittered a little bit when I saw that. <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of part of the reason why I wanted Tom to get out a little bit, you know, this way, because, I mean, he doesn't get to get into New York City anymore, because, I mean, you know, it's kind of, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. To, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm teasing completely, obviously. It's, it's just because he's got more hair than me, I think. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, uh, okay, uh, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> there, there's footage there somewhere. Yeah. Only because you keep it short. Yes. There's a reason for that. There it is a very good reason for that, and I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, there's a whole other thing. No. Uh, the the piece that I wanted to get to, though, with all this is, uh, and um, Stephanie had put it over in the live chat. The whole government is not informing the public, so people are in a flat panic. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephanie is speaking specifically from the UK. However, the point is sound, and that's part of what I was talking about earlier. You know, we have 
the, well, the acronym for it is FUD, fear, uncertainty, doubt. Because when the absolute tippy top head of the organization says one thing, and the people who are actually knowledgeable about the topic actually say, okay, let me go ahead and give you the, the real. It's like going out there and saying, okay, so we've got a swimming pool. It's being filled up right now. Your horses are over there and we've saddled them up so that you can go out there and we're going to put uh, mermaid tails on them so you can go out there and play water polo. Then you've got the actual referee coming over and going, okay, uh, no, there are no horses. Yes, there is a swimming pool, and you guys aren't going to be having to wear a saddle. You, you kind of see where this starts to get a little... I mean, what what's going on, people? I think that's where part of the problem is. That people want to go ahead and say whatever it is that spews out of their faces. And uh, this is one of the things that, you know, I, I talked with Tom, you know, just a little bit before we came to air that we do we have been dealing with both of us him more than me at least directly with people who just want to spew and spew and regurgitate and vomit whatever moronic things they think are right and then scream bloody murder when you say well can you prove it and there's nothing we can do about it that's the thing with people who don't know how to make or won't make value judgments for themselves. They they are constantly seeking uh, either an air of certitude or they're motivated to repeat the opinion of somebody in who they trust, um, who they see as... Um, it, it's hard to tell what's going on in the, in the mind of someone like that because, you know, at, we, we're all interested in our own survival. Um, now, are we responsible for our own survival or not? That's really what divides us because people who are not responsible for their own survival, who defer to authorities and news outlets and politicians and all that for, for whatever they say, since they won't make value judgments for themselves, all they know to do is to repeat the quote-unquote best available source so since they're not willing to decide for themselves you know the the validity of whatever they heard all they judge <clears throat> their reasoning process is basically one logical fallacy after another but i mean um you know they're they're just gonna if everybody around them is healthy and they're all saying the same thing, well, they're going to say the same thing, too. And if everybody is watching a certain news outlet, and the news outlet has uh, a certain, um, you know, message or whatever, uh, dictate dogma, whatever you want, um, they're going to follow that if everybody else does. It's only when the people around them start to get sick or, uh, you know, fail that... Uh, they're going to change their sources. Yeah, there's, there's two pieces about this one. Uh, Captain Rowade also said, the people doing the most spewing is in the media. That kind, of that kind of tails into what we were talking about earlier, where you're selling advertising more than you're actually doing the job of disseminating information to the public, which is a problem. We know. But 
uh, another piece of it, which is uh, kind of going along with what uh, Joseph was just saying, Tom, and kind of how this ties into what was going on with your mom going down the rabbit hole of, of stuff. There is the problem of just sinking into an echo chamber and not realizing that you've done it. But there is also the equal problem that, like I said, we've both had to deal with, especially in social media, where not having an echo chamber really opens it up to people who just want to scream with a megaphone and, again, will just scream at the top of their damn lungs. And then when somebody goes, uh, could you actually show me where this is true? Suddenly blow a goddamn gasket, yell and scream, rant and rave, claim all kinds of things like a certain um, lady who was once in the band uh, did earlier today, which yes, I'm not naming names because I don't want to, but you know exactly what I'm referring to. I mean, how do we, how would you suggest that we concern over our own mental health through these times where there is the conflict of, I don't want to be in an echo chamber, but I don't want to feel like I'm being abused by all these people that I've let into my inner circle. You cut out there. Did I cut out for you? I'm sorry. You did. Yeah. Right at the end of the sentence. Okay. Um, basically we don't want to be in an echo chamber because that's counterproductive but staying open for all these people who are toxic and want to spew obviously false information who don't want to be corrected. Mm-hmm. How can you, as somebody who is, who has been a first responder, who's gone through stuff that we not only don't want to think about, but probably can't even conceive of, how do you suggest that we try to save ourselves from that that level of what turns to be abuse, basically, in these times where we've got 24-7 stress like nobody that's under 100 years old could possibly imagine? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I have an easy answer for that. I, I um, If there was an easy I, answer, we wouldn't have you on the show to talk about it. <laughs> We'd do it ourselves. So uh, there was a point where I was uh, – <clears throat> when I was an, an instructor in the police academy uh, where they have a – they still have it. They have a course there called the Citizens Police Academy, and they get about – I'd say about 150 to 200 people um, twice a year. It's a 13- or 14-week course. And they basically bring these people in from all five boroughs of New York City and um, to learn uh, what sort of what a recruit would learn in six months. It's a very condensed kind of crash course into what goes into policing. So, for instance, they would learn uh, a course on uh, a couple of courses on law, police science, um, behavioral science, which is what the recruits learn over a six-month period in the NYPD Academy. So they'll learn about domestic violence. They'll learn about, <clears throat> excuse me, firearms use and, and control. 
uh, emotionally disturbed people and so forth. Um, they actually go through a firearms simulator, right, where they have to they'll be put in one of one of a thousand real life scenarios that have occurred out in the street. And they're put in a, in a room. It's a virtual reality kind of a thing. And they're given real firearms that have been modified. They're hooked up to a computer uh, and put into a scenario to see whether or not they actually use either a canister of pepper spray, uh, a, a baton, or the firearm. And uh, many times, the uh, they'll give them a scenario, and all of a sudden, their their senses are ramped up and things start happening all over the place. And these people, more times than not, wind up shooting the bus full of nuns, you know, or the little ducklings walking across the street. Or, or the UPS driver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah the, the Mr. Softy ice cream truck. Um, and then we would put them on trial and say, well, why did you do that? Why did you use your firearm in scenario A? When And then when we'll replay the scenario and they will see that had they followed uh, the scenario based on the way a police officer is trained, they didn't. They wouldn't have had to use their firearm. They would have used uh, a less than lethal device, such as a baton or uh, pepper spray. So the whole purpose for that uh, is to to raise the level of awareness. These are people who are largely there. There are a few flag waivers of the police, but by and large, the majority of these people are people that either hate the police. Uh, or have serious doubts about what the police do, uh, what they can and cannot do, because you know they watch Hawaii Five O and they watch Blue Bloods and they watch, you know, uh, Law and Order, so they know everything about policing. So you can't tell them anything uh, oh. until suddenly they go through this, you know, twelve or thirteen week course, and then suddenly the uh, what they're learning because it's not just that they're shown a PowerPoint, but it's not death by PowerPoint. Um, it's a lot of experiential learning. So they're learning by doing, right? It's very hands-on. What comes out at the end of that is that, you know, I'm not there as an instructor to, to change your mind. I'm there to, to give you information and to kind of walk you through these scenarios that we're going to go through. So you have to take that information that I'm giving you, plug it into whatever your preconceived notions already are, and then kind of put it in a blender and then come out with some sort of plan on how you're going to conduct yourself as a police officer in the scenario that we're going to give you. And in the end, it, it, it just it raises their level of awareness. It raises their uh, uh, it makes them reexamine the preconceived notions they had about policing until that point, because now they're given education and information, and then they now reformulate that opinion and come out with it later maybe from a uh, very likely from a different perspective and that's all we're looking to do um, so you know and quite frankly it's not we don't want the flag waivers the people that you know want to bake cupcakes for the police because they love us so much we don't want those people there we actually want the people who have some sort of deep-seated issues with policing and ps uh you know we're not there to bullshit anybody either because I would I would never stand in front of a group of people, 150 or 200 people, and try to pretend that there aren't racist cops or there aren't cops that are corrupt or there are cops that are shaking down drug dealers Yeah, because I'm like, why would I I'd be wasting your time and mine because we know that's not the truth. Um, you know, so 
the I think with this whole scenario and the times that we're living in now where there are so many different kind of incoming, you know, uh, news missiles, uh, so to speak, that people are getting pelted with different variations of what the news really is. Uh, and it's so opinion based that you kind of have to weed through that and, 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 and disseminate it on your own. You kind of left your own devices to do that. Now, the problem with that is that, you know, you might make up your own opinion and now and think that that's actually the fact. And then now you're unwilling or unable to listen to those who have a different view or perspective. Um, there are some people uh, that because of the, the previous election that took place here that I think are just kind of, they've dug in their heels and have gotten uh, very adversarial where they, again, are either unwilling or unable to even want to listen to other perspectives other than their own or those of like-minded individuals. So that that's a problem. Uh, this In this scenario that we're currently all involved in, I think it's it's helpful to kind of at least temporarily hit a pause button on on severe political uh, affirmations and and to try to or opinions and and to try to take a step back and say okay what's happening here like what what's you know forget about what Trump did or didn't do forget about what the Democrats have done or not done uh, maybe even trying to temporarily where you want to assign blame to this that or the other. That could have made the situation easier, but have not. We have bigger fish to fry at the moment. We have to figure out what this thing is. Uh, how can we, you know, try to protect ourselves or others from getting it? Uh, if you do happen to get it, what's the best course of action or actions to take? Uh, and and how can we potentially help others while still doing this social distancing thing? And, you know, I, I, what I would hope is that through this really ang uh, anxiety-ridden uh, time, uh, that because we've all experienced this, is, is that we will come out hopefully a little bit better uh, of a unified community that we did coming into this that that would be my my hope um but whether or not that happens that all depends on what kind of dialogue is taking place in the here and now through this you know this this trying time uh and again that that's only going to be i, I think supplemented or or helped along by people actually bringing factual information forward and saying oh well, this is what I found from the CDC site. This is what I found from the European, uh, you know, health organizations in, in Europe. You know what they brought forth as far as factual information. I think if you bring some other outside information into the conversation and just kind of let it sit there and, and and let them cook it up a little bit, you know, none of us are, uh, you know, or very few of us are. are uh, you know, ID doctors or, or scientists or mad scientists for that matter. Uh, so if they're given information by people who are in the know, how they're going to argue with you about that. If it's, again, medical, um, uh, medically or, or scientifically sourced information versus, you know, political information that, that's coming through the pipelines, whether it's coming from politicians or from 
various news sources that are leaning one way or the other, right? Um, yeah, so I think it's just a matter of everyone taking a collective step back, you know, kind of getting a better perspective, better lay of the land as to what's happening and getting really some, some really good, solid information. Because um, at least from a police perspective, that's how we were able to and still are able to uh, avoid riots, <laughs> you know, when, when a when a – a situation has presented itself where a police officer has taken action, and maybe that action, whether it be physical or through the use of a, of a defensive weapon, has resulted in an injury or death of a citizen. It doesn't take much for, for something to spiral up out of that. And I've been in the middle of that. I've, I've, I've been in situations where I've literally had to go out and put out these brush fires with really, really angry people who were not very nice to me. Um some of which, you know, uh, literally threatening to physically harm me or the people I was with, uh, you know, and and it's 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 very easy to get into into a personal pissing contest. It's harder to to bring in some sort of diplomacy uh, and and make it very business like. But it's also it's easier to do when you are actually armed, not with, not with weapons, but armed with information. To you know, to bring that anxiety of people down to de-escalate it, you know, into something that now once once because if 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 I'm here and and someone's up here, we're not going to have a conversation, you know. I have to you know we have to get to a point where now we're on some sort of equal footing, and then we can have a conversation, try to hash this out the best way we can. It's a scary situation. Look, we're I think everyone is rightfully scared and anxious. Um, you know, look, I I have nine eleven induced asthma. You know, and and uh, and acid reflux. I've had three operations on my vocal cords from reoccurring precancerous polyps. <clears throat> so I don't want, you know, I don't want to get this thing. Yeah. Um. You know. So, but uh, so I I'm probably just as anxious as everybody else. But I'm also trying to take this as it comes, based on the best possible information that I have in front of me. That that's I think that's all really anybody can do at this point. It's not going to be that makes sense. No, it 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 does for me. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely going to be one of these items that's just it's just happened so damned quickly that it's really really tough to try to adjust and understand how to deal with what is the current normal because it's so completely not. Mm-hmm. Kind of wonder if that's uh, part of it. Uh, we're getting really close on to uh, uh, closing up shop over here, so uh, let me uh, let me check in with the rest of the other uh, uh, hosts, uh, see if there's anything that's kind of waiting on the table. Which, by the way, the the thing of uh, losing the stream again earlier, yeah, I got a little message from Windows that said, "Hey, we've got updates that are pending for you, so uh, you're going to want to update your computer and shut mm-hmm. it down later." So now we know what was going on. The stupid thing was grabbing stuff in the background, even though I've told it before, don't do that. <laughs> so bad, now, it, so, yeah, well, considering that, you know, on the screen, I'm checking uh, my uh, CPU usage and it says that I'm not even breaking 10% usage. Yeah. The fact that I end up having weird stuff going on with, uh, with all the stuff. Yeah, no, there's something else going my ass. You know, uh, I, I'd like to use this as an opportunity. 
what you guys are talking about right now. Uh, yeah, from, you got to test from from a tech and security standpoint. Um, now more than ever, more and more people are going to be using their technology to communicate. Uh, it's going to become more critical too. Uh, potentially life-saving at this point in terms of staying in touch with one another. Keep your antivirus software up to date. Use legitimate known security suites. If you like Symantec, go for it. If you like McAfee, go for it. I use ESET. That's my preference. That's what I go for. Use your own thing, but make sure it stays up to date. Keep your licensing current. If your software is out of date, out of licenses, get it up to date. Do not trust stuff that pops up, like when your web browser goes, ooh, you've got a virus. Check your antivirus software. If your antivirus software is not telling you you have your virus, you may have a phishing pop-up that if you click it, may try to install a virus. If you are not sure, you can always take a screenshot of it. If you're not sure how to do that, open another browser and Google that. Use your camera, exactly. And call a legitimate service, not the number you see on the screen, okay? You can call um, your internet service provider's support team and tell them that you're worried that a message you're receiving on your screen may be a virus or it may not be you don't know okay they may give you really they may be very helpful they may be less helpful your security software your antivirus software if you go into it and click about it gives you the means it tells you the means that that software company allows you to contact them for support, whether it's email or whether it's through an instant messaging service through their web page, or there may even be a toll-free 800 number. It all depends on who you have. But keep your stuff up to date. While there are some, there were two, uh, uh, there were two major nasty uh, groups out there that spread uh what's called ransomware where it encrypts your system locks it down and unless you pay them you don't get anything back uh two of two of these particular groups did talk with a publication about hey yeah we're gonna try to make sure that we don't hit any hospitals with our stuff we're gonna try to make sure we don't hit any major groups with our stuff pharmaceutical companies they're not off the hook because they're all profit and everything else but the but that's only two out of who knows how many are out there that are malicious and you and I, we're not hospitals. We're regular, you know, Johnny homeowner or, or Susie, Sally uh, homeowner, whoever keep your stuff up to date. It's now more than uh, more important now than ever. And don't, if you don't know what something is in an email, don't open it. If it's from your niece or your nephew or your husband or your wife, and you've never, and it looks suspicious. Call them first. Say, "Hey, did you send this to me?" If they say no, don't open it. Delete it. Get rid of it. But that person may have a virus. Okay, so yeah. take these steps. Yeah. It's Sorry, a- I, I do have to worry about security, uh, 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 cybersecurity at my job as well, and um, man, so it does cyber stuff too so it's, it's really cool yeah but i, I think time, no one <clears throat> yeah i think i think the best way of just summing that down is uh, 
technology is going to be helping our mental stability more than anything else right now. Keep it safe. Practice safe hex. Look at it that way. Hmm. And in fact, um, there is, you know, you you held up the cell phone. And I should point out, cell phones, uh, you can also get antivirus software for your cell phone. Uh, so it doesn't hurt to invest in that. And some companies will even give you a discount if you have it both on your computer and your cell phone. Fair enough. Yep. Sorry. Joseph, anything that you've got left, left over that we didn't uh, that we didn't get at all for you? Um, yeah, just... Um... Not much to add, no. Um, we just check your sources. I mean, just uh, question everything. That's fair enough there. Uh, Dallin, a last item for you. I guess, in, <clears throat> excuse me. I guess in terms of information, turn off anything outside. Uh, I would strongly suggest turn off anything outside of your local area. Strict, stick to your local news as to what's going on in your community, your city, in terms of how to stay safe. Because if you're living in New York, does it? how is it going to affect you what's going on in Florida other than to maybe enrage you, depending on what you look at? You know, myself, I'm looking more on local news right now to find out, okay, what stores are open right now? Um, I just got a tweet from the mayor today. Uh, He's encouraging people to go out and get some fresh air. We're not in a state of, we, we ourselves are not in a state of emergency yet. And until we are, yes, businesses are closed. I, I went to a mall a couple of days ago and... That's the emptiest I've ever seen that mall. You know, 210 out of 240 stores were closed, uh, according to one of the people that, that was working there. But it is, this is a scary time for all of us. And there is a lot of fear-mongering going on, especially with these, these larger news networks that are they don't care about uh, maybe they do care, but at the same time, they're more concerned about keeping you glued to their face on the tube or on the screen. Watch your local news, check your local updates, and be safe. Be, be safe for your community. Because right now, that's where you need to focus. You, you cannot afford to focus on what's going on five states over unless you've got relatives over there. You know, make sure that you and your people around you are being safe and keep up to date on what's going on in your area as a priority. I think you'll come out of this a lot, uh, feeling a lot calmer. And, uh, you know, we, we will get through this, but uh, not if we're all running around screaming, you know, running around like chickens with our heads cut off screaming which is a feat if you're running around like a headless chicken and screaming and you have no head, <laughs> you know, achievement unlocked, you know, <laughs> <laughs> could do that. And, uh, Joe, anything left over for you? 
<clears throat> Not really much more than what's been said. Uh, yeah, all I can really uh, reinforce here is make sure you check your sources. Uh, personally, I've had a... I've had one very close friend who has apparently been assaulted as a result of the ongoings, specifically because of their ethnic nature or their ethnic background. And folks, that's just not acceptable. No. Agreed. Um, normally, I'd uh, I'd go ahead and say. Uh, Something for the uh, very very end of it all. Uh, my my real quick, and then I'll have uh, I'll give Tom the very last of it all. Uh, for me, slow down. Like was said, follow up your sources. Try to just remember that you're living through effectively what happens over here in the Buffalo area when we have uh, Lake Vex snows. And seven feet of snow dumped on you in a 24-hour period. You might remember that back in the 90s. Or hell, where I live, two inches of snow and uh, a whole bunch of people going, ah! Yeah. Snowmageddon! <laughs> Short version. No, seriously. We had two inches of snow and they were Tech. calling it snow Snowmageddon. Yeah. Short version. It sucks now. We know. We're going to do our best to make sure that we're here to try to help you get through, again, mentally. That's, that's, that's going to be one of the hardest pieces to kind of deal with because, you know. But just remember something that I have in the show notes all the time. It's okay to feel lonely. Don't ever think that you're alone. We're going to keep being here for you. Um, Tom, any last item that you want to put out there for, uh, for anybody and, you know, feel free to, to add whatever you'd like. And by the way, you did twice use the term bullshit. Congratulations. You realized that you could actually get away with saying that with us and we don't care. <laughs> you don't have to worry about being bleeped. You don't have to have the guy in your ear go, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. I don't want, don't say <laughs> yeah. it. I I think I've, I think I actually said, uh, oh no, that's, that's what it was. Uh, there was one, there was a mass shooting, more, one of a number of mass shootings that had taken place, maybe about a year or two ago. And I'm wondering which on, one it is that you're going to make reference uh, to here. I, I I'm trying to remember which one it was. Uh, it might have been it might have been Parkland, uh, Florida. But I think on on CNN, I I almost said shit, but I. I don't think I did. I, I did say uh, what uh, that um, a large majority of politicians don't give a rat's ass about. Oh, or and, and about the average American, and and uh, they should get off their asses and do something about it. Yes. Something to that effect. Yeah, yeah. I, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now I, I, you know, at least on CNN, I say shit all the time now. Uh, so apparently that's okay because uh, it's cable news. So I guess they can get away with that where the network the networks can't uh, get away with that. Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, yeah, we covered a lot of bases here. Uh, it's just a very, uh, yeah, it's just a very weird time uh, 
it's weird not for the last year or so I've actually contract I've been on contract with a local private school uh, in Queens um, to upgrade their uh, security measures there and um, you know we were supposed to be on a two week break last two weeks of March anyway we left the day uh, I guess it was whatever uh, Friday a week ago Friday we left and uh, we're going to be off now at least till April 20th but that's assuming that things with this this curve kind of flattens out if it doesn't then they're you know very willing to extend that potentially another two to four weeks that's just unheard of you know not not going to work for you know weeks on end uh, or, or school and uh, as, or somebody, school, right? as somebody who kids. wanted to be a teacher by the way I know for well that there is a state-mandated number of days you're supposed to be in school. Otherwise, you don't graduate. And they now have to do, on top of everything else, scramble for testing, which Mm -hmm. my little one has said, by the way, that uh, because he's a senior, that all the uh, AP and Regents and all that stuff is going to be shifting to online testing. Mm -hmm. But the legislators have got to go ahead and try to push through, okay, what are we going to do for this year to say, yeah, you don't have all the days, but we're still going to pass. I think if I'm not mistaken, the last I've, uh, I have a meeting, uh, next week with the head of school, uh, and, uh, the administrators to talk about, that's one of the things on the, on the docket and with public schools, I think it's 180 days, uh, with private schools, I think it's uh, it's a little bit less than that. It's 166, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but in any event, they uh, I believe regents and or AP uh, exams are going to be waived to some extent. Uh, most schools at this point, if not all schools, have either adopted or are in the process of adopting some sort of online platforms uh, to do distance learning. So they could at least uh, get the content that's normally required uh, for them in order to finish the actual school year and be able to to level up. And and for those other seniors to graduate, that's the last I'd heard about that. I believe that's still the, the, the direction that they're going. But that which is but that's also brings up another good point uh, for those uh, that are younger how do you explain what's happening to them when reference uh, to explain that, right? So especially with younger, much younger kids, you know, grade school level, uh, you know, preschool through fifth or sixth grade, let's say maybe preschool through five. uh, That's a challenge, I think, for young children to try to explain to them why suddenly they're not just on a break. It's not spring break. It's spring break plus, plus, plus. And they're suddenly not in having to go to school or see their teachers or go to gym class and, and, and have all the other experiences that they would normally have during a, a normal school year. So that's something I think that parents, uh, you know, godparents, aunts, uncles, what have you, have to kind of shift on the fly to try to bring some sort of sense and a sense of normalcy to them so they're not traumatized by what's happening uh, or fearful that suddenly this, this strange thing that's floating around is going to come and hurt them or hurt their parents or their siblings. So that, that, that brings a whole other um, level to this. So, uh, 
but like I said, I think if, if everyone kind of just remains alert um, and aware of, of what's happening and they're listening to the best possible guidelines that are given at that time, then hopefully this will kind of pass. Uh, you know, it, it, it's no one seems to really have all the answers, which is disturbing uh, for those lay people, you know, like myself, who are counting on the experts to have all the answers. Uh, yeah, but I think we're just going to have to just do the best we can with what is being thrown at us and, and hope, uh, you know, that this passes sooner than later. And then we can get back to some sort of, you know, new normal uh, after this is gone. And, and hope that we, in the end, will come out in better shape than what we went into it with, aside from the, the obvious uh, you know, losses that have already been you know, suffered by a number of people, you know, which, is, which is awful, too. So, yeah, I, I really hope that, uh, that this will just you know, will, will not linger, because uh, I think the, the longer it lingers, that's when you're going to start to see people getting a little antsy and, and you know, uh, people when they try to shop now are going to get a little more on edge, a little more violence. There's already violence, as one of the other hosts was saying, you know, people uh, against people in the Asian community. Uh, but the other grounding part of this, too, is that we do have, as of now, uh, we do have electric. We have our lights. We have our Internet for the most part. Uh, aside from the dropouts, right? uh, we we do have the ability to obtain information, uh, whether it be via television, radio, internet. Um, we have, as far as we know, good clean water, so to speak. Um, and so all the all, all the basic functions that kind of hold society together on a basic level are still operating pretty normally. If you know one or more of those things change, that's when you start to see the shift in uh, in the behavior of of humans. And I've seen that. I've seen you know I've seen it when I've been to some of these disasters. That's where it gets really hairy. This is hairy, this is hairy enough. If one or more of those things fall off, then that's where we have to be a little more creative as to where where we're going as a, as a as a people. So. And uh, yeah, I wish everybody the best. I hope everyone comes out unscathed as uh, as possible. All right, appreciate it. Uh, as an aside, by the way, don't disappear because I want to get some stuff from you after we uh, close up the uh, close up the stream. So, as always, everybody, thank you very much for being with us tonight. We hope that you had uh, had fun with us and found something worthwhile and of all in all of our perspectives tonight. And I apologize. I'm starting to I'm starting to wind down. I had coffee earlier, some relatively strong coffee, but I've had uh, I've had a pretty emotional week. So I've been kind of up and down a lot the last couple of days. I'll tell you about it another time. So let me go ahead and uh, thank everybody for being with us tonight. Uh, of course, Tom, I, I seriously I cannot tell you how I how honored I actually am. Uh, I'm not blowing smoke up your skirt. Uh, you are. Who says I'm wearing a skirt? I didn't. 
<laughs> in, in, in seriousness, a really amount Skirt of came you, off hours ago. <laughs> I am really, uh, I am really proud that you, uh, that you decided to take the time out with me. It really means a lot to me. So thank I, you very I, much. I appreciate you guys having me. It was fun. All right. Uh, is there anything that you want to, uh, knowing for well that I'm going to put, uh, information into the show notes for everybody. Is there anything that you'd like to plug as far as to, uh, personal items that are going on links, uh, for uh, contact or anything at all like that for me yes uh tom at uh, tom com is my email uh at tom Verney is my twitter and uh i'm on the youtube that's what the kids are telling me i'm on the youtube so tom Verney and tom Verney cnn or tom Verney fox news you might find some some clips on there of some stuff uh investigation discovery has a uh a series called uh, caught on camera uh, you can go to Investigation Discovery online or uh, or on your local cable or Fios uh, outlet. It'll be on there, uh, caught on camera. It's a 10-episode series. I'm on probably most of the episodes, if you want to check that out. I'll get all the information so we can uh, plug it into the show notes for you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Joseph. Thank you very much. And uh, you have a good week And for whatever whatever that's going to be looking like for you at this point. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, but I'm right across the street from where I work, so and there's probably around 500... Uh, I don't even, what do you call that in English, working from a distance? Um, teleworking. Yeah, teleworking. There's about 500 teleworkers, depending on about 10 different servers. So... Yeah, it's like um, stay watchful. True that. Good luck, man. You stay safe. Okay, you too, sir. Tech, thank you. You try to have yourself a uh, safe week, whatever it is that you're going to end up doing for this one, too. Yeah, um, uh, I don't think it's uh, improper for me to say, but the... um, the word has gone out that the, the official documentation has been circulated by the appropriate authorities instructing everyone at the at multiple naval locations you know to work from uh, to telework as uh, to maximize the amount of people that can telework um, to restrict uh gatherings to that of less than 10 people and so on and so on and so on. Those things have gone out. Um, it's no secret, although I don't think it's really made the news. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm one of those people that could at some point be said, Hey, look, we need your physical presence in the office. And, you know, it's like, I don't want to catch anything. It's like, I don't want to get people I know and love sick and dead, but I also have a job to do. So I have my own precautions. If I go out, um, I am fortunate enough that I have a, the way my home is set up is that I can isolate myself upon return, sanitize my clothes, my hair and so on and so forth. Restrict, uh, reduce the probability of infecting others. I just hope other people are, have some fortunate means or come up with the means to do so. 
and I wish everybody the best of luck. I wish you well. Appreciate it, man. Joe, you, you know, I, I said it last night too. You just be careful and you uh, take care of yourself best you can, man. Uh, doing what I can. And I appreciate your time as always. Yeah. Didn't have much to say that I haven't already said before, so. Fair Besides, we had, we had a guest to speak up, so. Gotta be nice. Who knows? Maybe maybe he'll uh, find out he actually likes us. I don't know. And uh, Dallin, of course, thank you for your time, man. You take care of yourself. Hey, no worries. And I'll uh, try to get this up on the audio feed as uh, fast as I can. Uh, hopefully tomorrow, then. Um, yeah, our entire audio archive over at holycraptheblogcast.com. Uh, on behalf of uh, Bridget, of course, everybody, thank you for being with us. And fuck Mike Pence. Uh, you can check out uh, Beyond the Trailer Park. I do not know what's going on right now for their schedule myself, but, uh, you know, it, it will be what it will be. Uh, also, uh, as an aside, by the way, I I have been tapped to, uh, to pop in on somebody's uh, show tomorrow uh, as a recording, or I should say today, because it's now tomorrow, today, here in the east coast never mind i don't i don't like temporal physics but um i, I will i will give a little bit more information about that next week i don't want to i don't want to say what or where in case something doesn't happen reasons but um for those of you that uh, that find out about it afterwards i'm just tickled pink that i was asked give that later <clears throat> All the information that you want to uh, contact us is over at holycrapthevlogcast.com. If you want to drop a couple of dollars, I know things are tight. We ask, we don't expect. But if you feel like it, over patreon.com slash hctv, feel free to just drop us a couple of dollars That if you want to. These times, we don't expect it. Most definitely not, but... You know, for what it's worth. If you want to leave a voicemail message, the phone number, of course, is 859-HCTV-554, 859-4288-554. Please be a little bit more creative than just fuck you guys. Seriously? Really? Come on. <laughs> a little bit more creative. That'd be nice. But in any case, like we said, we're going to keep being here. We're going to do the best that we can for you guys because... You can get out, you can walk around, you can you can take a run outside, get on your bike, whatever. In some but, cases. But trying to keep your head active in a good way, that's our job. And we're going to keep doing that because that's important. It's really important. So, as always, until the next time we get together, everyone, I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. And of course, for my lady, coming up onto 15 years on, I am still in love. Matane Fujin. I love you. I miss you. Dream of me. Until the next time we get together, everyone, as always, good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com 
where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening. <laughs>